And you don't realize that, like, oh, we're actually following this up because Ryan Kluger is here with us today and he's going to do a Q&A. <laughs> Nerd on. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need but deserve. We're all levels of nerd are welcome. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you like that? Is that better? Okay, that's good. So, that's good. my third time. He's doing been it talking already. a mile a minute today, <laughs> yeah, except for that was the wonderful. Minute. That was the best one you've done. That was the, fair. Ever. my entire career has been built up to this moment. <laughs> Three right. years. Um, let's get into it. Sometimes film transcends the medium, allowing us to recount. Significant moments in history, like being a fly on the wall in someone else's day. Today, we dive deep into my favorite person to be jealous of's debut feature film <laughs> with Fruitvale Station. Um, but let's get right into it. Let's introduce the host. Uh, I am Tom. I'm Caitlin. I'm Corey. And I am Josh, and this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerd On Nation that is powered by... Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the Nerd On Nation, you do get fun perks, like you get early access to these episodes. You get bonus episodes that nobody else hears. They're exclusive to you. And you get access to secret channels on our Discord server that only you have access to. And you can talk with us and other members of the Nerd On Nation directly. Uh, you get what we call the Nerd On Nudge on our other weekly show, the Nerd On Update, where we answer your questions first um but yeah do check it out it does allow us to grow it allows us to upgrade our content like recently we upgraded our cameras what say what look at this um, quality <laughs> check it out um uh, nerdon.tv backslash patreon and join that nerdon nation and also check out that discord that i was mentioning nerdon.tv backslash Discord. Discord. Uh, it's a really fun conversation over there, and it's growing by the week. Uh, it's the we're, in, we're in triple <laughs> digits now of members, so it's pretty fun over there. Uh, so do check that out. And a huge shout out to our partners, uh, Odyssey and Apogee. Apogee have equipped us with these microphones, the Hype Mic. Uh, they are an incredibly versatile microphone that I cannot recommend enough. You can use them on your iPhone, iPad, uh, your Mac, your PC. We use it for everything that we do, and so I. I highly suggest it. Uh, I know that some of you have been reaching out to us to see what it is we use. So Hype Mic, check it out. And check out Odyssey headphones. Uh, we use their LCD ones. Uh, they're comfortable. They sound yummy. Check them out. They're a wonderful company. Um, great people to work with and lots of fun stuff coming uh, in the, the future. So check them out. Odyssey headphones. They've got these. They've got their gaming headset, the Penrose, and the Mobius, which is dope. Mm -mm. Uh, but all of their products are quality, so do check them out. Odyssey. And that, that, my friends, is the housekeeping. Let us, let us get into this episode. This, mm. this mm -mm -mm. episode. This, this episode, baby, you know, it's February. We had to do it to them. We're talking about black uh, artists and black films and black, uh, black art, um, particularly. Um, but... Uh, we're gonna go into our our first two segments of the show, um, and and you know I mean this is one 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 film. It is so yeah. that means at the end of the episode we're gonna rate it. So that brings us to our first segment, everyone, which is <laughs> guess that, that grump. No one wants to sound this. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is just sound design. Um, if you're brand new to Guess That Grump, that is never our theme song. But seriously, if somebody out there wants to develop a theme song, I would love to hear it. I would love it's to hear it. By all means, go for it. If it's a, do keep in mind we will cover movies like this. <laughs> uh, if it if it if it's a if it's a remix song songified version of just clips of us, that'd be wonderful. Oh my gosh! Um, but, um, so guess that Grump is the first segment of our show where we are going to go around the digital screens and guess who is going to have the lowest score from a rating of one to five. And no matter mm -hmm. how high the number is, the lowest one in the group will be the Grump for the week. Since I always explain it. Um, and I never get it wrong and we never improvise this part ever. And I have Not deep a history time. with this film. So you want me I'm to go first? 
to go and have Caitlin go first. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. You're going to Ex- have me go first. Unexpected. Expected. Okay. Right? That's how the saying goes? Wait, did you that pick is, me or are you just having goes. me go first? Okay. No, you're going first. It's okay, okay. It's I think Josh. Josh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> this is a little, this is difficult. Because this is a, this is a hard film. So like, you know. It's it's hard to it's hard to Josh? say who's going to be the grump about a movie like this. Uh, I am going to say the grump will be Caitlin. Oh, not despite okay. what I think. Okay. Timothy, um, me, Timothy Dalton. Think it'll be also be Kate Rin. Okay. Oh. Ah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I. I thought a long time about this last night, like a, like way longer than I should have. I always write, I usually write my guesses down before if I can. Uh, and then, I'll, you know, since I go last, I, I feel like I do have the burden of adjusting possibly a little bit. Uh, however, I don't have a solid answer for this. I thought for like a good hour and a half and I just went, you know, what? I'm going to go to bed. Screw it. Maybe I'll figure <laughs> wow. it out. Still haven't figured it out. Um, you mean the whole, my whole last year okay. for balance. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with Josh. Okay. Because Wow, so on, no no votes on Tom or Corey. That's why Nerd on Nation. Oh, isn't that crazy? Spoke loudly. So if you want to be <laughs> a part of our episodes, uh you could you could take part in polls if you join the Nerd on Nation. And and if you get it right, guess what? You could be Tom. Uh the guest that Gator Grumper, uh Ryan Kugler, uh guessing <laughs> uh Grump. <laughs> Oh, we got to switch it in. You gotta keep we're free. We're, we're Where's Gatorade? We're, we're, we're becoming top, topical. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, join the Neuron Nation. You can take place. If you get it right, if you guess the grump correctly, you get a shout out on our show. Uh, the Neuron Nation has spoken, and it, it didn't speak that loudly because it, it did have some votes across the board, but the uh, consensus generally is that it's going to be Caitlin. Oh. <laughs> well, for the Neuron Nation. So that goes well. uh, at the end of the episode when we do reveal our scores, it's going to be me and Tom, Josh, then Caitlin. Uh, so let's get into the complete spoiler of that Guess That Grump segment with our next segment, which is going to be our initial reactions and our first impressions. And for drama's sake, I'm going to go last. Yeah, I was so, going to suggest okay. that. Yeah, I was going to suggest that. Who wants to go first? For drama. Um, I'll start it. I'll start it off. Do uh, it. I had seen, I talked about this in our digital green room a little bit. I had seen clips of this uh, prior, um, but never the entire film. I knew about the uh, event it was based on. Um, not at the time. I was in New York at the time uh, of, of the event. Uh, yeah. However, uh, in the years following, I, I did learn about it. Um, I got, I'm, I'm from the Bay Area myself. My sister, yeah, my sister lives in, in, um, in Oakland and, uh, so, uh, I was aware of, of what it was based on before going in and, um, I, damn, hot damn. Um, I think <laughs> we did an episode, uh, recently where we answered a question of what's something, uh, I don't think this is exact wording, but you, you struggle with suggesting to people. And I wouldn't necessarily say I would struggle with suggesting this movie to people, but it, it reminded me of the same kind of feeling I got when I watched Blue Valentine, where it was like, I think this is an important film. I think everyone needs to see this once. Um, it's probably not something I'm going to just like pop in. Um, but I don't think much, much like Blue Valentine, I don't think the experience of watching it is something I'm going to lose with time. Like with a lot of other movies, like, you know, you can vaguely recall like, Oh, I think I saw this here. Like I'm, going to remember where I was, what I was doing and the visceral reactions I had while watching it. Um, yeah, this is, this is something that I think socially is, is very important. And I feel as though it has some kind of with the success of Ryan Coogler's other films kind of slipped through the zeitgeist a little bit of, of his catalog. And it, I hope it doesn't all the way. I hope people still, talk about this film for years and years to come instead of comparing like, you know, uh, Black Panther and Creed or, you know, I hope they, they include this one in the conversation because it deserves to be. Next. Nice. Um, I'll go next. Um, I'm trying to remember when exactly that I saw it. Uh, and I don't remember the, I, I have a vague, I believe it was when Black Panther came out. 
and uh, Michael B. Jordan. It was like, oh, I want to see more of his stuff. And uh, this is just kind of like one of those, quote, happy accidents of like, oh, there's this movie, Fruitvale Station. And I had heard critically good things about it. I heard that it was good, all that kind of stuff. And I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, especially with Octavia Spencer. Uh, mm. I always love anything that she does. Um, so I just remember like watching it and going, holy shit, this is really good. And really, really fucking important to see. Um, and I just, I really, I walked away really enjoying what it was doing and showing me this this man's life um kind of a, a dramatic interpretation of some things but watching it's really it really only going, a 24-hour period except yeah. for like a flashback or two yeah so i i really enjoyed it uh and we'll get into favorite parts and whatnot in a bit because i don't want to be spoilery so yeah. i liked so it a free, lot baby. <laughs> caitlin uh, so I went into this movie blind. I like going into movies blind. Um, and sometimes that's the better thing. Sometimes it's the worst thing. Um, I think the, uh, room was the one I saw before. Not the room, just room. With mm. Brie Larson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was one I went into completely blind. So and you go into really hard, harder topics. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not um, maybe she read just, a synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. Quick well, synopsis. Yeah. I, I I like going into things blind every now and again. And this was one of the ones where um that was definitely a thing I regret. Mm-hmm. Um uh whenever I see things happening in social media, like uh, really terrible stories like this. And some of this hit home for me because I have a a friend who went through not the same thing, uh, kind of a, kind of a different subsection of it. Um, so some of it hit home, and um, it was a tough watch. Um, whenever I see videos like um, the one that it starts out with, I see what this film is in those few moments of time so it was hard to see all of those things in my head and then have to watch them um knowing what's coming um yeah to like the whole film is about perspective and um it's hard to have the perspective before you watch the perspective too um so it was a hard watch that's it for me Oh, she didn't like the movie. Um, so I'm going to go next. And um, I'm pretty sure Corey suggested this film on our docket. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? I said, are you sure, baby? Because it's it's not, it's not it, like Caitlin had just mentioned. It's not easy. It's not, hey, I'm going to go watch a movie today. No, it's it's tough. So um, let me go back uh, to 2013 for me. Um, and this is probably... Like, um, probably in May 2013, because this is probably so. The reason why I remember this because in 2013, that summer, I became single. Um, and I remember going to the theater to watch this film before it came out worldwide. And so, like, studying film production and theory, uh, at Sacramento State University, um, watching a movie as that, that comes out early that had just won at Sundance. Um, was important. It felt like I was becoming part of the film community more and more. Um, and it hits even closer that, you know, the professors that were excited about it were excited because Ryan Coogler, the writer and director of the film, had taken the classes I'm taking. Um, so there was this little bit of a, like, oh, I'm walking the same steps he was walking. So uh, I watched this film, like, sometime in the summer uh, or, like, May, April-ish of 2013. So before it came out worldwide, and, um, you know, I sat in the theater. It was at the Domes. If you're from Sacramento, you know what I'm talking about. And Sacramento State was like, yo, made from Sac State. You know, Ryan Coogler made this film and won it at Sundance and blah, blah. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And, um, you know, you sat in the theater and you watched the, watched the film. 
And you don't realize that like, oh, we're actually following this up because Ryan Kluger is here with us today and he's going to do a Q&A <laughs> afterwards. And so my professor, Oof. Dr. Pomo, um, curated this Q&A Shout and out. talked about some things. And he's like, yeah, and then he'll be able – and then Ryan Kluger will sit, you know, be in the lobby and then you can take a picture with them or you can ask him a thing. And, um, you know, they had these little cards and I think I probably posted on my like Instagram once or twice or something like that. But um, the card like made a sack state and it had his picture on it. And I remember meeting him. I'll talk more about that later. But uh, watching the film in the theater, um, there's a lot to take away, especially if you are someone who wants to, um, I'm going to say like John Constantine, dabble in in filmmaking. And there's a lot of good lessons to learn. And there's a lot of wonderful, very simple things that I think people who watch the film, more than the subject matter, that's where your story is. That's how you know you have something worth making, but how you make it and that you don't need all the money and all the technology and all the things in the world to make your story work and be powerful and be the, you know, the grand jury dramatic choice at Sundance, um, which is a high honor. It's a very, very high honor. And it got him the deals to get this film distributed worldwide. Um, and if you just pay attention to sound design and just performances and setting tones. It's 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 those things that amplify what you're trying to do that that give it those uh, rhythmic beats um, that are very very important. So uh, I I have uh, in the beginning of the episode I, I joke about like the the director that I have the most uh, I'm most jealous of because um, a lot of the things that he's done are all the things that I've wanted to do. Like I want to have the independently made very powerful film, and then all of a sudden you know Stallone's like, hey man. How about you do the next Rocky movie and also hear the writing like rights to it, Rocky movie, so you can take it on forever. And then you can now do a superhero movie. So like if you're not in <laughs> awe of that, then I don't know what you'd be like. The only other person close to that is like, I mean, not even close to that, but the person that would probably be the original is probably Patty Jenkins, who did an indie movie, got an Academy Award uh, performance out of it, then did Wonder Woman and now is doing Star Wars. And mm-hmm. so, like, she's broken those barriers, like, first female to do this, first female to do that. And it's like, wow. And then Ryan Coogler is just, like, making art and film at a level where black people can feel proud of it, but it's also not just cannon fodder. It's not just, like, well, here's your popcorn movie and walk away. You know, it's something that's important and it talks about something. Um, and that's the thing that I'm about. Like, I'm, like, I never want to take away anything from, like, the entertainment value of, like, art and film and all stuff. But, like, this film. This is what it can be. And mm-hmm. um, it doesn't take $200 million to make it. That's what I'm saying. So uh, I, like, I, I, no. I enjoy. No, I it was enjoy. like what? I think only like 200000 for the whole thing. 900. Oh, okay. 900, wow. 900000 So I know that. Uh, oh, they got 200000 in grants. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, Octavia produced it and she forewent her salary. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, well, she, he did too. Yeah. But I just wanted to talk about. Uh, Octavia, you know, Ryan Coogler had to sit down with her and he's like, you know, some of our funding fell through and she went, well, don't pay me. Let's just, let's just make this movie. Cause uh, it's an important movie to make. I think that I really respect that. And that's yeah. the thing that. you, you don't get that if you're trying to like, well, let's just make a fun movie about the holidays. You know, you get that where it's like, well, let's talk about something important. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something that people are still talking about four years later. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you, you don't get that out of your normal genres. Um, so, uh, with that, we'll, uh, go on to our next two, uh, uh, segments of the show, which are going to be our brief synopsis and our production. And I didn't ask who was going to do that before we started recording. <laughs> so I am going to ask the, the host now who wants I'll, to do the brief synopsis. I'll, I'll do production. No, I'll, I'll do brief I'll right up, now. Uh, Okay. Never mind. Josh has got it. Okay. Josh got the brief synopsis. So, uh, give it to us, Josh. All right. Brief synopsis. Though he once spent time in San Quentin, 22-year-old black man Oscar Grant, played by Michael B. Jordan, is now trying hard to live a clean life and support his girlfriend, played by Melanie Diaz, and young daughter Ariana Neal. Uh, Flashbacks reveal the last day in Oscar's life in which he accompanied his family and friends to San Francisco to watch fireworks on New Year's Eve and, on the way back home, became swept up in an altercation with police that ended in tragedy, and it is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Production right. uh, distributed by the Weinstein Company. Uh, Views Q <laughs> Films, Django Unchained, and Paddington. Mm. Paddington, the best uh, movies director, ever made. 
<laughs> director uh, Ryan Coogler, Creed, Black Panther, uh, the short film Locks, producers uh, Nina Yang Bongovi, Bongovi, uh, who did Dope, Roxanne, Roxanne, Sorry to Bother You, Forrest Whitaker, Powder Blue, Chasing Pappy, Songs My Brothers Taught Me, and I'll also throw in Octavia Spencer, uh, who also helped produce the film, Low-Key. Writers, Ryan Coogler, Black Panther, Space Jam, A New Legacy, which I just found out about last night. I didn't know he was oh, doing that. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the Sculptor short film. Cast, Michael B. Jordan, Just Mercy, Just Mercy, Fantastic Four, The Wire, uh, Melanie Diaz, Be Kind, Rewind, Lords of Dogtown, Charmed. By the way, I was racking my brain trying to remember what I knew her from, and it was Be Kind, Rewind. I haven't watched that film in like 10 years, but gem. She is a gem. Mm-hmm. I promoted the um, launch of uh, Charmed. And so I've seen a lot of her. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Next up is Kevin Duran, Legion, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Swamp Thing, Chad, Michael Murray, One Tree Hill, Freaky Friday, A Cinderella Story, Uh, Anna O'Reilly, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jobs, The Help, and Octavia Spencer, The Help, The Shape of Water, and Hidden Figures. Release date was uh, January 19th, 2013 at Sundance. And then I'm assuming this is worldwide July 12th. Uh, 2013 runtime 85 minutes budget gross is a 900,000 uh, estimate with a 17.4 million gross. Wow. Rotten tomato score is 94% critics from 212 users and 87% audience score from 39,247 users. Bang, bang. There we go. Mm. So now, we have it. Of words. now we're in spoiler fool territory. So yes. get ready for them spoilers. And uh, we're going to do our favorite parts, favorite characters, our qualms, and finally our rating. I have a, not necessarily a favorite part, but a, a, a thing I want to talk about that is the reason this film hit so hard. And it is the, um, I'll call it the, I'll call it an, like the, uh, the baggage of inevitability or like, you know how they, they talk about, um, I think it's Chekhov's gun. It's where you show, you show a gun in, in, a, gun. in, in, yeah. in, As, in a theater yeah. in the scene, you know, it's going to go off and that's how you, you build a good amount of tension. And, or, um, you know, I think there Hitchcock was, is, Hitchcock is with the bomb. I was going to say Hitchcock talks about, you know, that you can have a dialogue scene for five minutes. That's really boring. But at the beginning of the scene, if you tell them that a bomb is going to go off at some point, everyone will listen to every single word that is said. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, because I do think this film would work to a degree without that opening scene. Right. But everything, knowing, knowing how it ends up, um, just gives everything this, this weight and, uh, in, in good and bad, like, you know, heartbreaking, but also very beautiful, uh, knowing that, you know, this is the last time he does this thing, this beautiful race with his daughter is this wonderful thing he has, um, and it's just, I don't know. I think the the thought process behind showing the smoking gun is 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 a wonderful thing that makes this movie really stand out. For me. me, the video at the beginning, what it does, it allows me to have like a one. It shows me that Justice League doesn't work, but two, um, it um, it allows you to feel like what. I think film is supposed to do mm-hmm. and film is supposed to let you think like, I'm not watching a movie. I'm yeah. watching a, a, per, a perception, a prism or a lens that the artist wants me to look through. Yeah. And so I don't get to see Michael B. Jordan. I see Oscar, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see these actors. I see these characters. I see, I see these people, people, real these, people. these real people that went through these things and, it's a film, so obviously there has to be dramatization and adaptation and stuff like that. But it allows you to think, like, in that moment that what film does with with values in human population. Like, it's not just a movie. Like, that's yeah. what I, like, I always sound like an asshole. <laughs> like, I always sound like an asshole. I get it. And I'm just like, but stop just saying, like, well, it's a movie. Well, yeah. it's like, it doesn't have to be. And it can be more and it can give you that like sense of like, oh, I, I may be on one side or the other, but at least this makes me think that there are humans on the other side of this digital screen that I'm looking at seeing this mm-hmm. newsreel on. So. Yeah. And like it, it, um, you know, the audience is now has the, the burden of knowledge of, of what's going to happen. And it adds another layer to these things. So, you know, as long as he's not, as long as he's not wearing that black t-shirt over the white shirt, you know, we're, it's okay. Right now it's fine. 
everything's going to be okay. And it's that, you know, without showing that scene in the beginning, that moment that she goes, I got you a shirt and he picks it up. There's no reaction because you don't know. You don't know what that shirt means. But now that you've seen it, him picking up and putting on that shirt, you're like, oh no. Or like, you know, the scene, if you don't have that scene in the beginning, that scene with his mom in the kitchen where she tells him to take Bart is meaningless. Mm. It's a nice scene between a a mom and and a son. But with the audience's burden of knowledge, you know that like there's a part of you that just wants to like reach the screen and be like, don't take the train. Um, and it it adds, I mean, I found myself, like I said, listening to every single word because they 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 suddenly became 10 times more important, yeah. uh, you know, with everything. Or, you know, uh, the the scene where he's talking to his daughter about how as long as she's there, she's safe and talks about these plans for tomorrow. That scene's a good scene. But with the the burden of knowledge, now it becomes this this really really amazingly written scene, heartbreaking, yeah. But like the 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 level of writing is elevated due to it. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's a uh, for me specifically with like not saying. I mean, thing, we you go like, into it knowing what's going to happen, but you have the real footage, and then you you watch the movie and you see the quote seemingly everyday small events that are happening and you mm-hmm. have a different perspective of like, oh, well, that's the shirt or that's the moment or that's yeah. the recommendation or that's the thing. You know, it's like, whoa. And, you know, I watched uh, a few people, uh, some videos of people breaking this film down and, and thoughts and stuff like that because I was trying to gather as much knowledge as I could because I haven't watched a film in years that has really like shook me like that in, in a sense of like really all I could think about was learning learning more about this and what people thought about it. And obviously I couldn't talk to anyone because we were doing this episode, but like I really, <laughs> really wanted to talk to people about it. So I ended up going down this rabbit hole of reviews and this guy, you know, he had this, this wonderful um, kind of point that, that in films – uh, you know, he compared it to do the right thing and training day. And he was like, and he's like, and I'm, these are, this isn't a crack against those films, but he's like, the thing that, that we've, we've learned is that in, in film as a whole cinematography and blockbusters, especially is that people's last day should be this amazing go out in a blaze of glory moment. And what we really see from this film is that like, that's not real. That's, you know, this is, this is someone's last day and he spent it, you know, spending some time with his daughter, kind of fighting with his girlfriend, trying to get his job back and selling weed. And that was it. You know what I mean? And, and there's, I think there's to Tom's point, like this is what it could be. This is what films could be. It doesn't have to be this. Like, I think there's obviously a place for, for like movies like, you know, the glitz and glam. Yeah, or like, or even monster movies like King Kong or horror movies. But like, there is a subsect of film. I mean, I think it's the reason I like the movie Beginners so much is it has that same vibe of like, what's really happening in this film and Beginners isn't a spectacle at all. It's just about human human people. That's it. Like, let's let's be a fly on the wall for mm-hmm. these human people dealing with this life event. You and- know, whether it's big or small. Yeah. And that's um, what Ryan Coogler really said. So he said that in the theory, he's like, I wanted to be a fly on the wall so that mm-hmm. you as an audience member, you don't get to make decisions. Like, you yeah. know what's going to happen and you're just there to witness. Yep. And it's kind of like the tragedy of of witnessing and not being able to see. It's like Shakespearean. You know, you have the, the, the singers in the background who have to say everything. Yeah. But there's actually a tragedy that happens with them because they have no say in what happens with the actual characters that, that they're watching. So, um yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, that, that I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, I thought it was important. Kaylin, favorite parts? Um, the family gatherings. I mean, like the dinner the, and stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah. making um, what was it, gumbo and everything for his mom's birthday. Crab. They mm. they showed they showed Crab. like coming together as a family really well. And like yeah. when they go to, you know, when he goes to pick up Tatiana at daycare and stuff, like Ugh. they portrayed all of that really, really realistically. And they, they did a very good job with that. Um, the race with his daughter is one of my favorite parts. It's really film. cute. It's shot really well. Like it just, it really, <clears throat> slow it's works. such a simple little thing, but yeah, the, the angle it's shot at. And I mean, obviously Michael B. Jordan, I can see why, 
you know, Ryan Coogler put him in every single film he's done. Um, but uh, he just, it's all very natural. Like I've definitely, we've all done that with a kid here or there somewhere, whether it's a niece or nephew or whatever it is, just that like that race or whatever it is, playing some game with them and, and being ridiculous. But yeah, just getting to be silly with a kid for a minute and being free. And it was, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's one of those scenes where, and the film does this too really well, where it does kind of for a minute, let you forget that, you know, it's not going to end up great. Um, and that also, was one of those moments. That that moment pairs really well with the um, brushing your teeth to go to bed with gumbo. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he's like, you got gumbo too. Cut to, you know, he, he's brushing his teeth with his fingers. And there's yeah. th- there's one thing I want to kind of mention here. Like, um, it was interesting because I was I was really thinking, I was like, where, where was Corey in 2009 when this all happened? And I was, because I was, that was me graduating high school. Yeah. And so you sing in New York, I was like, oh, wow. And so for me, like, I was in Sacramento, so I was two hours away from was it two? no i was like 45 minutes away um from san francisco and mm-hmm. um it was like that moment of like feeling 45 maybe an hour anyway so um it, 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 like watching this film again now for this episode i was like that was my like everything that they're doing and saying and how they are what music yeah. they're playing is such a time capsule of that time for me like i was like that like i didn't particularly speak all like that but I was around a lot of my friends who did. And so it was just like, that's the thing he, too. He nailed that Northern California, bruh. Yeah, bruh, bruh. But then just like how everyone, there's a lot of like the moment between him and the guy that he meets to go sell the weed to at, at the water, talking about the 80 and things like that. Like you don't have to show a lot of landscapes, which he did, but like just the, the way people spoke, I was like, I know exactly what this was and I know who you are <laughs> I ha- I was like, and have I acted like a couple of these people for sure and it's like yeah that fun like you go and you're out in public and then you just like throw every good pickup line you got even though you don't even think you're picking up any you know fun you know significant others or some people you're gonna uh, have fun with for the rest of the night but like you're just it's, out you're just out you're just doing your thing and like but also it's just like how everyone keeps up with each other and like you know all of the I'm going to say the rascally stuff because um, I, I, I grew, grew up in neighborhood, not really the hood. But um, yeah, like you, you still respect the parents and stuff like that. So it's like there there was this level like, yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. tall tees, a lot of hoodies, this, a lot of that stuff. The grandma hanging up on him when yeah. he's at work. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's it was like I a lot of that, that stuff. Or like seeing your friends at work and then, you know, seeing it's like that kind of stuff. Where I was like, man, like I. I, that was, it's like, I wasn't from that area. I never lived in the Bay Area like that. Like, I was in San Jose, but like, not as an adult, but like, as growing up, it's like, yeah, that's, that's, I felt that. I felt a lot. Mm -hmm. I was only, what, maybe four years younger than Oscar was at that time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's one thing I I like a lot about this film is that, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, like with the, the video at the beginning, um, it kind of brings back this like idea that like these are humans and they capture it really well with the writing. Um, that's why I really enjoy like character focused, but like, you know, where the plot's going to go kind of stories. Um, it doesn't kind of just run off the rails, but um, yeah, like that's a big taboo, quote unquote, in the writing community of doing like car explodes 24 hours earlier. Like, mm-hmm. but when you use it in a real world sense, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is a story that I've never been told before, <laughs> even though it uses the same powerful uh, yeah. techniques. So, I mean, like, the reason I wanted to talk about it is just that, like, I mean, we've seen it in films like what John Wick is the most recent one I can think of where the film starts at the end and then goes, goes back. Um, except I don't think, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love John Wick and all, but I don't think it's executed in the same way that, that the technique is used, used here because then it picks up there. Right. Uh, in a, in a sense that everything's f- fine. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. One thing I also really, really love is that there, like, you know, we did our guess that grump thing and there was no music because in this film there is no theme music. And I really like that because it's just, and you can ask Josh, you can ask Josh all the time, like, but sound design, but the sound design. Can I talk real quick? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I want to talk about that uh, because that's one of my favorite parts is more of a overarching um 
element of the movie, and it is the sound design. It is subtle, but it's not at the same time. Excuse me. Uh, there are moments that, um, especially one particular moment is actually the the moment when he's just after he's asked trying to get his job back. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like a rumble, and if you got five point one and you got a subwoofer, you feel it, <laughs> and you you do hear it because there is there's a rumble and there's. There's kind of a higher register to the sound, but there's a lowness that is building this tension. Rage. And it's not the only time that it happens. It happens a couple of more times in the film. But you're getting a sense of how the movie even just feels by the way that it sounds. And I like that it was simplistic in that sense because there's also like cityscape noises that you you hear throughout it that kind of – the soundscape of the movie um, – it it has good sound, <laughs> uh, especially for a not to knock on. I've been involved with a lot of independent movies, and oftentimes sound gets put to the side. And this didn't this didn't happen. Uh, That's my it bad, was, man. Huh? No, no, no. Just like no, because I work on those. So shut up. <laughs> every concept, every part of this movie. From the acting to the filming to the editing to the sound design to the mixing, everything was spot on and wonderful. And as an experience, it's you would not be able to tell, in my opinion, that this is a quote independent movie. Like it's mm. like it's really, really good front to back. Um, Maybe that's how you tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no studios get involved going, we need more action. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing about it, which I think works in its favor. And so one thing when I was studying was film grain versus digital noise. And so this film has a lot of digital noise. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what I'm talking about, everyone, if you ever try to record a video in a really dark place, you had to just like uh, synthetically, artificially increase the light that it's capturing, you get a lot of this crazy little fuzzy stuff. Um, but that works really well in this in this film because it allows you to feel like there's this like frenetic emotion and energy happening in the darkness. Um, And then it also gives you confidence, if you're watching this, everyone, that noise can work in your favor. Film grain can work in your favor if you know how to use it. And so that's one thing that, like, I've I've been very big on, like, I need it lit. I don't want noise. I don't want grain when I shoot the things I shoot. And then I get really scared to use shots that have noise. But when you know when you're going to use it and how you use it well, like, watch this film and you'll, you'll see that. And you're like, oh, well, they didn't made them not had the best cameras. They made them not had the best lighting, but they utilized what they had, like a way that you know indie video game designers have. Like, hey, I only have this amount of like power to push this engine. That's what I'm going to use, and I'm going to make it really, really good. Um, but uh, I I want to give a shout out to um, I'm blanking on her last name right now. Rachel, uh, she's his cinematographer for everything. Okay, uh, who shot all this? Um, I'm looking it up right now because I want to make sure. She gets a shout out on this because I kind of did a deep dive on on her work as well. Uh, here it is: cinematography, Rachel Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, she's shot mostly all of his films, uh, including uh, Creed and Black Panther and stuff like that. And I thought uh, she just did an amazing job on this, especially on those intimate scenes in the kitchen and stuff like that. Um, but just since we're talking about camera and camera effects and stuff like that, I wanted to give her a proper shout out, Caitlin. Uh oh my gosh, what are we on right now? Another favorite so favorite part. parts. I have a couple more too. I mean, yeah, it's it's any of the family moments, like breakfast in the kitchen and like just just those like soft family moments are are pretty much all my favorites. That's that's it. Um two. I got two real real quick. Uh okay. one of them is the I had to rewind it and watch it a couple of times because I just thought it was such a good choice was when they get on the train the first time to go to the city and it just stays on this shot of the stairs and the train leaving mm. instead of switching to them immediately inside the train. And maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but the way I felt about it is, is that was kind of Ryan's way of saying like, all right, events are in motion. Point this of no is return. kind of, this is, this is kind of it. Um, the train has left the station. I was just gonna, yeah. uh, but I th- thought it was a really unique choice because I feel like any other film would immediately, you know, cut to them getting on the train or whatever. 
but leaving the audience in that moment is kind of like this kind of breath before the events happen. It's this moment of like, and here we go. Um, I just, I really re- kind of respect, I don't, I don't know any other filmmaker off the top of my head that's made something quite like that. Because um, it's not, it's not necessarily an interesting shot either. If Sam Mendes is really good at that. Okay. That's a really good point. Uh, but it's not necessarily an interesting shot. It's mostly, it's kind of the stairs of where they were coming up and the train's only taking up like maybe a fourth of the frame. It's, it's um, nice composition too. And mm-hmm. that that's, again, it's, it's kind of like when you're, when you first out of, you know, when you're first learn get your driver's license, that's probably the most safe driver you are. Mm-hmm. But when you're just out of like film school, you probably use the most technique you'll ever use. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, uh, the other scene I wanted to talk about is a tough one. Um, and I even did some research on why it was included in the film or what Ryan was trying to say as a filmmaker. And it's the dog scene mm-hmm. um, in the film. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure if that was really some, really something that happened or whatever. So I looked it up and it wasn't something that happened to Oscar Grant. Uh, it was something that happened to Ryan Coogler's brother. And he decided to include it in the film because he did know that Oscar doing, I think he conducted interviews or something, like that, but he knew that Oscar wanted to get a house so he could get a dog, specifically a pit bull. And Ryan talked about in this interview about how he thought that the pit bull kind of, he related to his experience of being a black man in America to, to the, the kind of same rap pit bulls because you never hear about pit bulls doing good things. You only hear about them when it's, when it's something bad. Um, and he wanted to include that scene, not only because it happened to his brother, but it's kind of a foreshadow of like, no one's there to help. No mm-hmm. one cares that it this pit bull got hit, and no one's there to help Oscar either. Um, and so, after reading that, I went back and watched that scene with that in mind. And it's just, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's executed really well. And I think the message, I mean, I, I, I him calling for help and no one coming, I got that the first time around. But uh, with the with that in mind, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really well. But also, well done, it, well it, it adds to the the narrative of like Oscar's fucked if he is, he's fucked if he doesn't. Right. Like, well, and there, there's also the shots of, you know, the dog with the blood near his mouth. And then it, Oscar has the same shot later on in the station where he's yeah. laying on the ground and there's the pool of blood. Um, yeah. And and no one's there to help. But also it's the, like, what's on your shirt? And there's blood. And mm-hmm. like, you know, his, his girlfriend's just, like, he's done bad things. Like, and that's the thing I really like about the films that they don't go out of their way to be like, Oscar's a saint. He did yeah. everything great. Like he's had, he has a criminal record. He's done bad things. But he's trying. He didn't, like he didn't, he wasn't absent from wanting better. He wasn't right. absent from wanting a better life than what mm-hmm. was given to him. Sure. And and it um, wasn't that he was beyond the hope of ever getting that either. Uh, one particular scene that kind of speaks to that point for me that I have two scenes that are like my favorites that really pop out. Um, specifically, one is with the girlfriend, Sophina, is the, the I'm just going to call it the 30 days to form a habit mm-hmm. uh, scene. Mm. Oh, I just, yeah. I the love callback. The, the callback, but I love that he is, she calls him out on his bullshit and mm. she's kind of like, you ain't, you ain't no big deal. And like, just he, him throwing out the drugs and her like realizing in the moment, like, wait, you don't have a job. You don't have any income. And you still, and out. you still threw out that gargantuan bag of drugs. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, I'm trying, I want to try to do. I want to try to do good this time, and I just really just love not fuck the fuck up for thirty days. Yeah, I love the interchange of like between them of like her realizing that he is trying. He he has a, a sordid past. He doesn't have the greatest temper, but in this moment, he's really trying. And mm-hmm. you see it when his like any scene with his daughter. My my God, so good. <laughs> um, but the next scene that really like. I just love because I have friends like Grandma Bonnie. Um, <laughs> I have a I have a black friend, Curtis C. Uh, he is just I mean he's he's sassy, and I, I feel like I've had this conversation with him. But I just I love like you brought up Corey when she's like, "You're at work," and she's gonna throw up. I uh, throw up. Hang up on him, Whoa. and I thought you were playing. I thought you were gonna play. Kind of friends you have, Josh? You were playing okay. on the phone. Um, yeah. But I just like, you know, she doesn't know what kind of fish she wants to fry. Like, I just love that, like, honey, honey, yeah. what are you doing with that your life kind of thing? Too. Um, um, I'll do one last thing and then we can move on to the next part because this will get uh, like a four hour yeah. long episode if we don't. Um, uh, I really like the end. 
I really like the end with Fina and her daughter in the sh- in the shower, and mm-hmm. she's going to have to oh, tell man. the truth. Mm. The heartbreaking like, question. Well, I like it because there's no dialogue. There's just water. You're trying to clean off the 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 ick and grime of the day before, and water is very important symbolically. Uh, if you don't know mm-hmm. already, but like they're naked. They're be- you know they're they've taken off all the armor of what life is, and this is what we have left. And it's just that silent moment. You hear the water running and you just know what's between them and what's missing and you end. And to me, I'm a big fan of those endings where you don't get like a da da da, but also it's just like, ah shit. You know, it's like, oh my God. You no, know, it doesn't need to. That's why it doesn't need to give you any more than that. But, and then it, it gets paired with the ending credits of the film where we see the real world uh, of mm-hmm. impact and effect and we see live footage of, of everyone. We see Tatiana. So, yeah. And so I, I, that, it, it's, it's a really good film. It's, it's a really yeah. good film. So, <laughs> uh, anyone else before we go to favorite characters? Again, I could go. Okay. Uh, we'll do day. two. We'll do two favorite characters. Who wants to start out, baby? Oscar and Wanda. Okay. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, no, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm just, I just, you said someone go, so here I go. Um, it, for me, it can't not be Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I mean, Octavia Spencer plays it so well. And, you know, it's, it's not to, the, I mean, obviously not to the extent that I've been in prison, but we've all had that tough love moment with our mom at some point, I think, where, you know, especially for me in high school, where I wasn't doing, homework or anything. I almost failed out of high school. Um, and you know, uh, had that moment of like my mom realizing that this, it's something that she can't put the kid gloves on with anymore and be gentle about it. It's like, look, you're, we can either do this or you're going to fail out of high school and you have to move out. And I was like, Oh, I, that's where we're at. No taken. Um, and I feel like she, she played that really real and, and, um, you know, there's not that she doesn't ever deliver, you know, she always delivers on her, her performances, but it was just a very subtle thing, uh, in those moments. Um, obviously I could go in on the, the heartbreaking moments too, and how, how well she acted those, but the subtle things that she did for me really stood out. So, uh, I'll go next just cause it is a copy and paste. Um, uh, yes, Oscar and Wanda, I just, I'm, I'm always, anytime I see Octavia Spencer on the docket, I'm like, I'm in, I'm going to watch. Um, but yeah, I love the interactions between them. Uh, I do have personal experience with prison situation, not myself, but going to one to visit somebody. And I, that scene between the two of them just, it's heartbreaking what she has to do in that moment, but it's so real. And I just loved watching the two and, and Oscar just, it's, I, I'm a sucker for a story for somebody who's trying. I am, I'm a sucker for it. (laughs) And so just watching him go through of like, yeah, he, he's got this, this past and he's got, um, certain things, but he's trying, he's really, really trying. And, I, dad I stories, it. man. Dad, dad stories and mom stories, man. Parent stories. Parent um, stories. Oh, real stories. Quick, real quick, because I really needed to say it. The bathroom scene with the restaurant is another like uh, when he's asking the restaurant person just right, one right, more right, right. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. use the restaurant oh, with oh, the, oh, the oh, web designer yeah, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the, the exchange and between he gets him the, and the web the card. designer. He gets the card to start basically like a he gets an open foot in the door. So. Yeah. Jump anyway, into a career. Sorry. Next person. <laughs> Kaylin? Um, I really love Tatiana. Like that, I was like kind of blown away at how well a child actor is. A child I know, yeah, basically. What's a I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Not since the day of Macaulay Culkin have we seen <laughs> well like dark, dark butter. She she was doing yeah. like having a complicated relationship, but also that like unending love for a parent regardless of you know even though she knows she doesn't know but she knows when she, when he sneaks um, with the extra fruit snack oh god that was adorable um yeah tatiana and, and wanda because the hard mom conversation and um like knowing that their their relationship now like even when they first show it is like 
you know that there's history that we're not touching yet. And then when you get to it, you're like, there it is. Yeah. I mean, we when we were watching it, uh, you know, it's the scene where she's like, you should take the train. And then Dana goes, oh, so she has to live with that too. And I was like, shh. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. And, and then she ends up saying it in the film. Yeah. Um, for me. But they, they play that really well because she tries to, you know, she's on him about being safe in the car. He's mm-hmm. obviously not. She knows he's not safe driving. Yeah. You know, with the whole earpiece thing and stuff. So it's tough. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Uh, for me, it's, um, I forget the character's name actually, but, uh, so Oscar for sure. And mm-hmm. then, um, his friend at the supermarket. Um, oh, keep talking. Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah I, I really up. just enjoyed their relationship and that like, and to, I mean, to me, that's, that's the thing about it where it's like, it's not hard for me to understand like, you know, a human life matters and that there are, uh, these terrible things that. Um, happened to black people in particular uh, when it comes to uh, law enforcement and stuff like that. And so just altercations in history have not been favorable. Um, but the, the film, what it again, like I think I have a little bit of like... <laughs> That's what, Keenan Coogler. There it is, Keenan Coogler. Um, That's his brother. And so I really just enjoyed like their, as Josh had mentioned in our, uh, in our, in our Patreon stuff, uh, curmudgeonly, um, their camaraderie. Um, check that out. You Character's know. name is Cato. <laughs> Kato, I really enjoyed that between them, like meeting up at the store, like, hey man, help me out with this thing. We got it. We were and he has that. She's like, he's like, I work here. And he's like, yeah, sure. And like, yeah. and that is just the bro code a little bit, but also <laughs> just like, hey, don't give me the good ones from the back. Like, I know what yeah. it is. And it's like, it's like it's that, that kind of stuff where it's like, and, and I'm not going to lie. And I don't want to like romanticize like any type of bravado or anything like that. But like, like the the wanting to help your friends when they're in a fight, you know, no matter what it is, like you want to be there for them and you want to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that have you your know, friends back, yeah. whether it's physical or emotional fight or whatever it is. Yeah. You want to make sure that whatever hurt them, you hurt harder, you know, like mm-hmm. that's sometimes how much you care about somebody. And like, I get like that. And like, you know, I joke about it on the show, but it's like, you know, if anyone ever hurt y'all, I'm like, who the, we got to, I got to punch because I don't, I don't care getting hurt, but I care if other people get hurt, you know? And mm-hmm. like, that's like that friend value that like I tend to really like gear towards and so like seeing that happen where it's like hey man we have plans we're going to do this yada yada but we're always going to have each other's back and you know everyone the squad comes out when we're all down you know it's like the squad comes out and like I'm, I'm all for that and so like there, there's a part of me which is like yeah you know it's like it's not just one person it's everyone else's lives too so um now we'll go on to the qualms qualms the qualmy qualms uh who would like to start out Natai. Oh, takers, takers, Caitlin. Uh, I you said it earlier, but I really would have not put that the the phone footage at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out for the whole film because oh. of it. I couldn't, I couldn't pay. I couldn't be immersed. the The family scenes were the only ones where I could be like, okay, I, I know what this film is doing, and I could kind of settle like into it. Like the grip let up a little bit. The grip let up a little bit, but the rest of the time, clinched muscles of like, yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, that was rough. That's it for me. Josh, Corey, who wants to go next? None. Corey, so none. Josh, none. I don't have any. I mean, for a minute, it was the 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 dog scene just because because of my dog thing but and just having something happen to a dog but that's <laughs> yeah, you know it, that's rough that it's not really a qualm it's just like oh uh but otherwise as a film as a whole like i have none well josh I've, can i interest you in no, last no. of us part two? Oh my god no <laughs> i bet they treat dogs very well in that one um so no <laughs> uh for me uh nah man you know part of me is like I would love them to reshoot it with like a baller camera, but part of it's like, no, the charm and beauty of it is because of what they had. So I, I wouldn't change anything of this one because it's $900,000. It's not even a million dollar movie. You, you fucking kidding me guys. Uh, so yeah, I, I, and you know, again, my, my whole jealousy of Ryan Coogler is like, yeah, he's doing it. He's fucking killing it and he's doing it really well and he's being true to himself. So, uh, no, I have no qualms. I just, so the part of the reason why uh, the 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 quote unquote anger, I did talk to him after the film, and we did. I was just like, "Hey man, I'm a young blah blah blah. If there's any blah blah, blah. and 
there wasn't that much of like a here's what you can do. It was more like he just said, stay true to who you are. And I was like, that doesn't help me, bro. But mm-hmm. I don't want, want that kind of <laughs> advice. Important. But he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's important. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't have any qualms with the less than a million dollar movie. Um, ratings. Go for, for the ratings. Corey, you go first. Five. Of course. Five. That's easy. Solid five. I wouldn't change a f- damn four. thing about this. I haven't seen a movie like this in probably like 10 plus years that really... I Got think you. is it is a perfect film. Um, I already wrote mine down, baby. Mine, mine's five. I, I, of course I'm, it who, is. Who, who, am I, who am I kidding? You know, I can, I can, <laughs> who I can I, hate Ryan Coogler as a human being, but I can't deny that this is like. Hate it's just it's stupid how good it is. Two different things. You yeah. don't hate yeah. him as a human being. Yeah. You just said you like what he's doing. <laughs> no, he's he's. It's good. It's it's. I hope this more of this comes out, and he doesn't yeah. have to like. Well, here's a Marvel, and then like someone else directs all the CGI action sequences, and it's like, you know, you could do different, but you know, he he has to get into that, and so it's tough. It's tough for these like indie directors to get into like CGI fight scenes. Um, Josh, or wait, who's next? Josh, Josh. Oh, I'm definitely last. I am going to give it a five. Five. This movie is. Perfect. I, I. It's hard to say this about a movie kind of like this, but I love this movie. I. There's they also so use much... Dutch angle really well, huh? They use the Dutch angle right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't um, use it too yes. much. They don't use it too much. I only noticed use... it in one shot, really. Well, then there's the upside down Dutch angle, but the I only noticed it in the one. Uh, yeah, I think this movie is is perfect. Uh, if that's a, I I mean, ex- yeah, it's I think just, it's extremely important for people to watch. Yeah, this I think is, it, it, it has. It might be hard for some people to see it, but there is an entire culture of people that have to see this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to. Uh, I think that this movie, as an experience, as a story, uh, even just even just from a technical aspect, just it's it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Kaylin? Kaylin. All right, Kaylin. Got to do it to him. Oh, yeah. We all know I'm the grump. Like, <laughs> of course we do. Uh, 3.5. 3.5 for the Kaylin. I, I always put my ratings based on, like, my entertainment like of a thing. And, mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I have my one-off of, like... Your experience? Yeah. Of it? Yeah. Like, but really, that that clip at the beginning... Nope. It, be- it became a documentary for you, huh? Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Uh, uh-uh. nope, that's it for me." Sure. All right, uh, that's it. Caitlin is the grumpy grump. So we got everyone was right. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right, that shout has outs. been the so who are we? Shout out! Shout out! Shout out! Josh, calm down. Jeez. <laughs> and as always, Dana Dana P gets a shout out, and Liam M. Oh, shout outs for getting nice. right. You know, you know. The rest of you, emotional. Just kidding. <laughs> incorrect. The rest of you, as Corey always says, we love you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Awesome. So that, now, Josh. Yeah, now, cue Josh. Uh, so, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have seen this movie, Fruitvale Station, please reach out to us. Let us know it's your on thoughts. Uh, it is on Netflix. Um, do uh, join, the, use your words, Josh. Join that Discord. Uh, There is a movie channel in there, and we can continue the conversation over there. Uh, If you are new to NerdOn, welcome. Uh, Check out our website, nerdon.tv. It has all the information on everything that we do. has all of the links to where we are, like uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all of the things. YouTube. Uh, We have two channels, actually. All of our episodes here on this channel, and we also have a gaming channel, NerdOnTV. So check that out. And our Twitch Check out our Twitch. We are streaming practically every single day. And there is a variety of content that you can see over there of different games and all that kind of stuff. So check that out, nerdon.tv backslash Twitch. Um, Subscribe, rate and review. That kind of stuff does help. Share us with your friends and your family. Uh, That's that's how we grow. It's the good stuff. Uh, Check out the Patreon, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. And that's the housekeeping. Thank you Make so much for listening. Make this shower be a grower. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Why like do you it. gotta do I that? Like it. I liked it. I liked it. That's just he's. I think that way. That was the other ones you've done. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know the drill, everyone. As always, nerd on. Ending broadcast.